we've all heard that small business is the backbone to any economy. But here are some relevant statistics to back that point up. According to Forbes, small businesses have been responsible for adding approximately 12.9 million new jobs to the economy over the last 25 years. Though many small businesses are operated by a sole founder, they still have played an integral role in making sure that bills get paid across America. They've added approximately 13 million jobs over the last quarter century. For perspective, that's roughly 67% or two-thirds of the jobs added to the economy. And for uh, Kevin Dunlap, uh, he has was the a simple question to pose or even the to all of you I, in the I, entrepreneurial atmosphere. Are you Belgium getting the most out of your business? Dunlap says in order to excel, after you have to be film, willing and as a, uh, eager uh, to push yourself out I of I really your comfort zone. Dunlap no has been to be an actor, an entrepreneur no for more than two decades now. He's a self-published so author for me to do of four books. And the former podcast host of Life's Little Lessons, where he interviewed entrepreneurs from around the globe. He became an entrepreneur in 1999 after being downsized after working for corporate America. This is precisely when he discovered that there's no job security if you work for someone else. This is when he discovered his entrepreneurial bug and interest in business when he found himself gravitating towards a network marketing company which sold air and water filters that are going to make along with homeopathic products in real estate and that was essentially Dunlap hasn't looked back ever since just building my real estate and business he joined me this week to detail his entrepreneurial journey in greater detail and how other entrepreneurs can push themselves out of their comfort zone in order to achieve ultimate success. I'm Kevin McShann. Let this conversation. I began my conversation with Dunlap by asking him 
precisely what does it mean to push yourself outside of your comfort zone in business in order to achieve success. I learned a long time ago um, that um, back in the, uh, in the, I guess it was the early uh, 2000s or even the late 90s, I, I, one of the things I, I, I worked on a, a small independent film that was called Roses. And then I, this was in Tallahassee, Florida when I was in graduate school. And after working on that film, as you know, just basically as a, uh, uh, a, a production assistant, I realized I really wanted to work in film. However, I had no desire to be an actor and I had no desire to be a production staff. I did not want to be on the crew of the film. So I decided that for me to do something different, I wanted to get into uh, doing stunt work. And that really got me into pushing my comfort zone. Uh, I remember sitting in a restaurant in, in Tallahassee and I was thinking like, how can I know if I can do stunts? Uh, when I have no official training. So the following weekend, I started going skydiving. Like, now that's pushing my comfort zone a little bit, you know, by jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> and uh, and that led me to learning all kinds of different things uh, about, you know, about, about doing stunts. And that's where I really started learning from my own personal self about uh, if I want something different, I have to do something different. And this before I took any personal growth classes, this is before I was actually officially trained to do stunt work. But I, I just learned that if I really want to grow, if I really want to do something different, I have to I have to, I have to do things that are going to make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, I know that you've uh, been in entrepreneurship for just about over uh, two decades now. So I'm wondering, as a, Sort of the business climate evolves. Tell me, how important is it for entrepreneurs to be nimble in their approach as conditions change within the market? Well, the thing was, I was in um, a lot of my entrepreneurship skills came from when I was in real estate, and that was essentially from 2004 to 2020. And I was just building my real estate business uh, in 2004. It was I was mainly a real estate consultant, and and I worked with um, a lot of investors uh, doing something known as a, as a lease option, or you can also or also seller financing. However, um, when that when I was doing that, I was with people that had uh, troubled credit into getting into a house. And and the only way an investor would uh, work with somebody out, uh, in those regards would would be that they were depending upon the house to appreciate. Now, in 2007, 2008, as some of your listeners may remember, that's when we had the housing crunch. That's when everything went down all across the United States and probably even across the world. And, and so how do I... Uh, keep doing this real estate cons cons consultation business while the market is actually, you know, you buy a house uh, today and in six months from now, it's going to be worth less than what you paid for today because all the houses were, were dropping for several years, you know, for four years. So you have to be able to adapt. You have to be, as you were calling it, nimble. Uh, you have to be able to uh, change your your marketing plan. You have to change your business or uh, around uh, whenever anything challenging comes up. And uh, if you do not do that, then you're just going to go out of business. 
So you have to be able to adapt to current market um, uh, fluctuations. As another example, at the time of this recording, uh, uh, artificial intelligence is becoming uh, more and more uh, prevalent. And if you don't, uh, if you're not nimble or or start accepting these new uh, strategies, then you, again you, you're you're going to fall by the wayside. So you have to be constantly looking at how can you adapt uh, to the current market conditions, regardless of what your industry is. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin, let's shift out to talk about market risk and assessment in terms of uh, taking risk in business and uh, getting a profitable return on investment. What sort of markers or indicators do you think people should use when assessing whether taking a risk is a good decision for a business? We always have to uh, do your, uh, look at your, your return on your, on your investments. It's known as your ROI. And and as you as you're looking to do something different, you do have to test. Uh, you have to uh, you, you could uh, do this as uh, you know what could happen or, or what is happening. So it, whenever you're looking to do something different, you have to see is it going to help or is it not. You may find out that doing something different actually uh, causes you more harm, and then you just know to scrap that idea or to adapt that idea to do something different. So yes, you have to go online. You do your market research. You test, look at what other companies are doing, what you know, what other people are doing in your industry, and, and see if that's going to work or not. Yeah, and Kevin, I know that you're a self-published author of four books. As I mentioned at the top of our discussion, you've been an entrepreneur for over uh, two decades now, and you uh, used to host a podcast where you got to interview some of the leading uh, voices in business. So I'm curious, Kevin, if you can tell me what uh, has been, been some of the greatest lessons that you've learned through business and uh, conversation as well. Well, some of the great things that, that I learned, and you mentioned my podcast. Yes, in 2016, I started a podcast called Life's Little Lessons, and that was to promote my second book. That podcast was just me talking into the microphone, and I learned from there uh, that I was extremely inconsistent. So, if one thing is if you're going to, that, that I learned, if you're trying to grow your business, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to be consistent. You have to. If people know that you're going to be writing a blog and it's going to come out at Tuesday at 10 a.m., then make sure you always have that blog coming out at Tuesday at 10 a.m. So, yeah, the one thing I learned was was consistency. When I did my podcast, uh, the second season in 2017 and 18, that's when I switched it over to like what you're doing, Kevin, by doing a an interview-based podcast. And what I learned from that, especially when I decided to start interviewing other entrepreneurs in, from other countries and, uh, and other cultures, one of the things I really realized was just how you, how, how, um, how the same that we all are. It doesn't matter if you grew up in America, grew up in Vietnam, grew up in Russia, grew up in Australia. We all have the same challenges, uh, and we all have the, the you know the, the same uh, obstacles that uh, that that come our way. So I, I learned that uh, we are uh, every. We are all the same to, uh, in in many regards. We have more similarities than we have differences, in, in my opinion. And so, therefore, one of the things I, I learned from that is regardless of the culture that you're from, you know, we, we can still all learn from each other. And that's and that to me is 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 something that was huge. Yeah, 
uh, that, that I learned from my own personal experiences, listening to other people, uh, from other, especially from other cultures. Absolutely. So when you talk about learning and business, and I think one of the biggest uh, lessons that any entrepreneur or business professional can learn is uh, infuse, infusing folks with uh, disabilities into the workforce and into the business uh, community specifically. You know, Kevin, I was born with uh, as a cerebral palsy. I've dealt with that through the duration of my life and outside of hosting this podcast, I help business owners and organizations become more inclusive with minimal effort. So tell me about uh, the competitive advantage you think infusing folks with uh, disabilities can have on the business community at People with disabilities are really no different than the person that does not have any disabilities or not any apparent disabilities. And I, I believe that they, uh, people with disabilities still bring in a unique, um, a, a unique flavor uh, to a business. Because what our our lives are who 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 what makes us up for who we are are from our past experiences. So a person with a disability has their own experiences that people that would without those disabilities do not know about. They don't understand. But the thing is, as long as they can respect that, I believe that someone with a disability or somebody, regardless of their uh, their gender, their race, or, or or even whatever gender they identify with, everybody can bring something unique and, and beneficial to the table, yeah. regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, tell me, how do you think business owners can be more efficient, operate their business more effectively to get some of their time back as well. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts there. Well, my thing is make sure that you are being deliberate when you are uh, when you're working your day-to-day -day activities. Have things on your calendar. And when and one of the thing is uh, and I teach this a lot to uh, to new entrepreneurs. I ask them, says what what is your hourly rate worth? You know what are you know what what is your ideal rate that you're going to be that you feel that you are worth let's say let's say you're just starting out and this maybe you say well my my time is worth 25 dollars an hour you go fantastic that's a good number the thing is why uh when you're starting doing work that that you could pay somebody else to do that's under 25 dollars an hour then you should no longer be doing those activities so you need to learn how to delegate eliminate and also automate your business that way you can be more effective in your time and therefore then you can be more productive you know, with the hours that you currently have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kevin, I know you started your business uh, career after working in uh, corporate America. So tell me about certainly uh, the switch in terms of uh, the responsibilities that come from uh, running your own business because I know from the uh, pandemic, a lot of people wanted to shift from uh, working uh, a traditional uh, traditional nine-to-five to, five to uh, sort of being their own boss. But there has to be a strategic plan if you want to make that career pivot, doesn't it? Well, yes. I mean, I mean, I would never tell anybody to, uh, to quit their job to go and, and start their own business. First thing I would say is, you know, do it as a side hustle. Do it as a side job. 
that way you, you still have your income coming in from your nine to five job and then uh, and then once your income from your side job exceeds equals to or exceeds your regular job then you can make the decision to either do you want to quit the job cut back or whatever so the thing is you want to be you want to be strategic whenever you whenever you started that business. I'm assuming that's the question that you were asking. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kevin, I know that you have a business goal of helping people uh, sort of multiply their income and, and be uh, more sort of judicious with the way they operate their business. So tell me about your mission as an entrepreneur to help others sort of a success. How do, you, how do you want to help them do that? Well, I want people to actually um, run a business that they're that one that they're passionate about and that they're happy with and also that, that that will exceed whatever income goals that they currently have. So my my job as a business coach, as a business strategist is how do I uh, how do I double or even possibly even help you tri triple your income? Like you're talking about, uh, like some of the, my business goals. My one of my my current business goal, and this is just my this is my, a short um, more of a shorter term goal, is to help businesses, uh, 100 businesses, to get, to get to the level of being a six figure income. So that that is one of my goals, and the only way that we can do that is to start showing uh, businesses how they can start doing something uh, different by again by pushing their comfort zone in order to ex uh, to uh, excel in business and to bring in that kind of income. And tell me, Kevin, how do you think people can use personal life experiences to succeed in business? One of the things that my I mean I'm doing that myself. Because uh, I, uh, as you may or may not know, I have a very varied background. So uh, my background in included being a college math teacher. I was in the U.S. Navy, so I traveled the world. I did uh, some stunt work for a few years. So I'm using all of those skills as part of my uh, as part of my business. For an example, uh, if I'm talking about okay, you, you need to start uh, uh, speaking from stage, or if I have to start. Uh, doing more talks in front of the room, I use my skills from being a college math teacher of our, for those few years. That way, I'm now using the, those life skills in, in my business. When I am doing, doing something that I might be afraid, I go back to my stunt days and say, okay, you know, how can, you know, if I was going to be doing a scary stunt, how can I actually uh, do that stunt without, uh, without uh, too much fear? So the thing is, when you're running your businesses, Look at your past life experiences. What can the, those different areas of your life that you can bring to the table? For an example, maybe you were married or something like that. Maybe negotiation could be good for you. No, so what other skills that you have that you can tweak a little bit and then you can start using those in your business? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Kevin, I'm always a believer that, you know, we have to prioritize the things in life and our career that are important to us. So tell me about uh, your method of creating business priorities and how, how, how you go about that. Uh, with the priorities, I mean, one of the things I do is um, because there's when you're running a business, there's so many different hats that you're going to be wearing. Is uh, from a logistics perspective, when I have something you know, you know that I need to get done, I will actually put it on my calendar. And you know, these are going to be like I need to reserve one hour to do this or one hour to to do that. 
And typically what I would do is not only do I put it on my calendar, I also uh, color code it. So I know, you know, so either it's going to be whatever hat that's, that's wearing or it's going to be a priority. Now, I will say that uh, on this, uh, when you have big goals and little goals, you have to look at is number one, what needs to get done, regardless if it's a big task or a little task. I'm not the person that's going to say, fill your day up with a completing a whole bunch of little tasks and ignore the big ones. You have to prioritize as to, you know, what is the most important? It's going to be like, for an example, what is the most important to you in your business or the most important thing that you must get done for a client or, or what have you and work on those first. Now, as an entrepreneur, uh, we cannot be thinking of this as a nine to five job. Most entrepreneurs are going to be putting in more than 40 hours in a week. They may work more than five days a week. So is, I mean, you may have to uh, uh, put in those extra hours. Maybe you're putting in eight or 10 or 12 hours in one day and just to get those jobs done, but get those most important ones done first. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin, tell me, how do you think you would define uh, business courage and taking ownership of your own business? How do you think you would define that? Business courage comes from um, previous successes. So once you are uh, achieving some goals and, and you're accomplishing some results, then your courage will will increase. So it's just going to be, in my opinion, a business courage comes from your previous successes. Absolutely. And Kevin, uh, what do you think makes a great business leader? A good business leader, in my opinion, should also be a good follower. They don't always have to be the one in front of the room. They don't have to be the, always the one leading. They can all they can lead by example, and they also teach others uh, to be leaders as well. And they can know when to step back and let other people lead. Yeah, and tell me, how important is it to be a great listener in business? It's 100% important. Uh, there's an, there's always saying you've got uh, two ears and one mouth and use those respectively. So you must always be be uh, be listening to others. And when I say be listening, I mean, you're not going to be, you want to listen to what is known as uh, uh, you're listening with them. So you're not going to be listening with agreement. You're not doing the listening with disagreement. You're actually just being there listening. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, for any new entrepreneur, I'm wondering if you have sort of a roadmap or sort of a yellow brick road, do you think all entrepreneurs should uh, follow or questions that should ask themselves before starting a new business? Well, the question they should ask before starting a new business is, number one, am I passionate about it? Can I do this for the next 10, 15, 20, 20 years of my life. Secondly, do your market research and to see if the business that you're wanting to start is actually going to be a viable business. Is there a demand for what you do? Uh, if there's, if you do something that's very, very unique and there's, and there's really no demand for it, then that's not going to be a good business. So you always got to look at uh, from the very beginning, who, who are you going to want to work with? Is there a viable business? Can I make money at this? And then, uh, and then start building the steps that you need to go through to take it from uh, point A to point B, C or D. So at least have that in your mind. Now, another thing I would strongly suggest, especially with new entrepreneurs, is to actually go and talk to other people that have some experience. This could mean going to the SBA and talking to somebody in, in a program known as SCORE. 
which is, you know, uh, those are other uh, uh, entrepreneurs that have been somewhat successful and, and they want to give back to community. So they make sure that, you, that you, start, you start talking to somebody that's been in business. If you have the funds available, then hire, find yourself a mentor or a, or a business coach, because that coach is going to help you get through those, those initial steps uh, that you may be spending your wheels for for months and months or years. And if you invest a few, uh, you know, a few hundred or a couple of thousand dollars, uh, get those, get that advice from that coach so they can help you uh, get past those initial hurdles. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin, you know, I went to school uh, and majored in uh, communications. And I, I think uh, communications is uh, sort of the vital heartbeat to business. So, Tell me about uh, refining your communication message as a business owner and how important that is. Well, yes, uh, communication is vital, is very important. I would say, you know, start uh, seeing by the, uh, speaking from stage and you know, joining a, a local uh, Toastmaster so you can start getting your skills down, your communication skills down, because that's going to be very, very important later on. Um, even if you're not going to be on stage, that will give you important and confidence so that you can use later on in other areas of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin, I'm also curious to ask you about the concept of business commitment and how important it is for entrepreneurs to really assess whether they want to be committed to the business that they've started. So talk to me about the importance of business commitment and how you view that as well. Well, as an entrepreneur, as a true entrepreneur, your business commitment has to be total. I mean, it is like it's like an, it's like a marriage in many ways. Yeah, you're when you are start, uh, running that business. If you're going to just be like less or not doing anything, then you should not be in business, uh, or at least not as your as your main income. So yes, you you must must absolutely must be committed to your business because it, it is again much like either having a, a a marriage or having a child. It is something that you have created, and you have to be totally one hundred percent on board if you're going to build anything successful. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kevin, I'm also curious to know. I know uh, you're coming to me from Raleigh this morning, but I'm also uh, curious to know when you're not. Uh, working on businesses or helping clients. Tell me, how do you fill your own personal uh, cup of fulfillment? Because I think it's important for some self-care as an entrepreneur, isn't it? So tell me, how do you fill your own personal level of fulfillment? Well, you do have uh, you have to reward yourself uh, for from, uh, for all of your hard work. So, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, when you have that time, go there and, and enjoy doing it. Me personally, if I'm staying here locally in the in the Raleigh area, um, because I only moved here about a year ago, I like to go kayaking. I love to, uh, taking my boat out, you know, going out of the water if it's not too windy, not too cold. I just, I'd love going out there. Um, when I lived in Las Vegas, which I lived there for uh, almost two decades, um, one of the things I would do during the summer and spring is I would meet with other people and go sailing. And to me, that was one, you know, just being out in the water uh, uh, under the sails, just, it was just so invigorating. It was very relaxing and very invigorating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, personally, uh, I also love to go on road trips. Uh, in 2021, um, I ended up buying a, a car in, in Northwest Florida. I was living in Las Vegas at the time, and I ended up going on a 54-day road trip. 
where I'm just you know going from city to and I saw 14 states uh, in that process. So I mean, I, I mean, when I have that available time, I love going out and seeing new places. So that's that's what that's what one of the things that does reinvigorate me. Yeah, and, and Cameron, I, I'm I'm fascinated, my friend. Tell me about the a change of pace of life from Las Vegas to Raleigh, because I know it's probably a different pace of life in uh, Carolina than it was in Las Vegas, huh? Very much so. Well, Las Vegas, um, as most people may know, it's uh, it's, a, it's in the middle of the desert, just like Phoenix. Um, because of it being in the desert, it's a very brown city. And we our our yards there were made of rock, so it wasn't like being here in North Carolina, which is a very green city, a very green state. So just just being around the green, going out for hikes, and you know just being out in the wilderness is something that is 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 phenomenal. It's one of the things I love about this area. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin, my final uh, question for you this morning has to do with your own personal and professional legacy and how you want that to be defined. Well, I'm still building my legacy uh, through my company, which is the which is called Optimal Performance Academy. So I'm building my school. I'm building my my school for entrepreneurs. So my ideal thing is is to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people going to this school and and, and building that. Now, as far as who's going, who am I going to leave it to? I'm not sure yet uh, because I, I at the time of this recording, I'm not. Um, uh, married to anyone, and I have no children. So, my what am, what am I going to leave behind? I do not know. However, if I if or when I do just uh, kick the bucket, uh, hopefully the academy can still uh, stay alive, and then just keep uh, and just keep uh, um, training and educating uh, more and more people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Since you brought up your academy, Kevin, I'll just follow up very quickly with this. Tell me about the importance of business education and really how education and business can really help you optimize the potential of your business. Right. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to be constantly educating yourself. The thing is, um, uh, if you don't, uh, I can, if you don't keep educating yourself, you're, you're just, you're going to just, yeah, you, 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 you just won't be uh, as successful as, as you could be. So, uh, to me, uh, if you're not, even if you're not coming to my academy, uh, go to seminars, uh, read books, uh, follow other people, and just constantly be educating yourself because that's how you're going to grow. Plus, as new technology changes, you, uh, you you will still need to have that. Now, for an example. When I lived in Las Vegas, I was also a realtor. But one of the things that we had to do as realtors is every year we had to do good, uh, was what is known as CE or continual education. You will see the same thing with doctors. You see the same thing with people that are Microsoft uh, uh, certified uh, programmers. Everybody is always uh, continuing to educate themselves. So follow the follow the examples of these other uh, professions and, and, and incorporate that into your business as well. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Life is a Constant game of learning, isn't it? Yes, uh, life is constantly uh, uh, transforming, or, or yes, it's constantly evolving. Yes, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And finally, Kevin, tell me if people want to get connected with you, my friend, what's the best way they can do that? 
Uh, the best way is to actually schedule a a, a time uh, with me, and that's actually fairly easy. If you go to our website, the optimalperformanceacademy.org, there you can put the, type that into the URL, do a forward slash strategy, or if you go to the website, you also see how they can schedule a free complimentary sixty minute a strategy call. We will sit down and, uh, and talk with uh, you about your business. Oh, fantastic! Well, Kevin, I want to. Uh, thank you for helping me in the week talking about uh, business education, business diversification, and so much more. My friend, your work in the space and time on my behalf is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for being here today. Well, I'm Kevin. It was great talking with you, and I look forward to hearing from some of your listeners.